Joe Biden's beloved son is in hot water again after messages show him using the N-word. The race baiter's double standard remains on full display, and Kamala Harris continues to be awful at her job. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy today at expressvpn.com. Slash Ben, we'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, let's be clear about something. When it comes to Father's Day, there's one gift that rises above all the others. And I'm talking about underwear. Okay, Tommy John underwear, this is the best stuff on the planet. It graces the tuchus of yours truly at this very instant. All dads agree. When they're wearing Tommy John underwear, they're much more comfortable. They can do everything better, which is why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics, hundreds of thousands of them. who, After 13 years and tens of thousands of five-star reviews, call Tommy John the most comfortable underwear ever. I mean, they really are that good. I threw away all my other pairs of underwear. I only have Tommy John now. We've got breathable, lightweight, moisture-wicking fabric with four times the stretch of competing brands. With over 14 million pairs sold, dads across America love Tommy John underwear. And there is no risk because your dad is always covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. Head on over to TommyJohn.com slash Ben for 20% off your very first order right now. Order by June 15th for delivery by Father's Day. So you got to get on this one right now. Get 20% off your first order at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. That is TommyJohn.com slash Ben. See the site for details. They really are terrific underwear. By the way, they also have products for women as well. Go check them out. TommyJohn.com slash Ben. See their site for details. All righty. So as it turns out, Hunter Biden, a man that Joe Biden once called the smartest man he knew, is not, in fact, the smartest person in the world. Now, I know you find all that shocking, consider, considering Hunter Biden's history of basically just running around the globe, picking up bags of cash by saying his last name over and over, and his history of smoking Parmesan cheese off of carpets. He thought it was crack, to be fair to him. And his history of apparently stupping his brother's widow while also trying to seduce his brother's widow's married sister. Yes, that's a thing that happened. But now we have the most explosive allegation of all because we live in the craziest world of all. And that is that Hunter Biden addressed his white lawyer as N-word multiple times, used phrases like true dat N-word and bantered, I only love you because you're black in shocking tests unearthed days after Joe's emotional Tulsa speech decrying racism. This is according to Daily Mail in the UK. Now, again, I will say that our general moral standards in the United States are somewhat weird. And they're somewhat weird that, that if you jesting in jest, use the N-word that ends with an A to describe your white lawyer, that this is, in the world of politics, a much, much greater sin than being a crack addict who is irresponsible with his own children and also knocks up a stripper and also is stripping his, his brother's widow and also her married sister. Like, <laughs> in the pantheon of sins, I feel like we, we're sort of getting these out of order. But suffice it to say, Hunter Biden is a garbage person, has been a garbage person, not, not as, as like he actually picks up garbage, like he's an actual person made of garbage. He's a terrible, terrible person. He's been a terrible person for a very long time. It is constantly a source of amusement to me how the media continue to treat Hunter Biden as though he is, again, a, a small child, even though Hunter Biden is, I believe, 52 years old. If, if at 52 years old, you are still participating in these sorts of hijinks, at this point, I think we can safely declare that you're not a very good person. But it does expose to the to, to light the fact that there is this wild double standard with regard to the sort of language that you're allowed to use so long as you are apparently related to a prominent Democrat. Now, we've known this for a long time, right? Your behavior, if you're a prominent Democrat, there are very few boundaries on what you can do unless you happen to become useless to the Democratic Party. Right? Hunter Biden is still useful because his dad is useful. 
The minute that Joe Biden becomes not useful, Hunter Biden will be not useful anymore and he will go the way of the dodo bird. You saw this with Bill Clinton, right? Bill Clinton went from being so useful that people were making excuses for rape allegations against him. Then he became not super useful and everybody's like, ah, that Bill Clinton, he's just terrible. And then he became useful again around the time that Hillary was running. And then we had to downplay everything that was bad about Bill Clinton. And then he became useless again. And now he's kind of useful again. So anytime somebody is useful to the Democratic Party, they become useful to the media. And then all this stuff gets downplayed. Anytime they are useless to the Democratic Party, then it's totally safe to throw them out the window. Okay, so here is the full story about Hunter Biden. Now, again, I will say that when it comes to the use of the N-word, there is a difference between calling a black person an N-word with an E-R at the end and in, in jest using the N-word that ends with an A to describe a white person. Now, the latter is also really crude and gross and stupid. It's not racist in the same way that it would be if you were just shouting the N-word at a, at a black person, which is the height of racism, obviously, in American society. But here is the story from the UK Daily Mail. Hunter Biden used the N-word multiple times in conversation with his white $845 per hour lawyer, his text messages reveal. <laughs> the shocking text may prove embarrassing for his father, Joe Biden, who just last week gave a speech decrying racism on the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa massacre and has sought to portray racial justice as the top priority for his administration. The president's son joked in a January 2019 text to corporate attorney George Maziris about a big penis and said to the lawyer, I only love you because you're black and true dat N-word. In another text a month earlier, he wrote to the Chicago lawyer saying, how much money do I owe you because, with two A's, because N-word, you better not be charging me Hennessy rates. Nisiris wrote back, that made me snarf my coffee because he's a lawyer and lawyers know that you're supposed to actually just like pretend that your clients are amusing. Hunter added, that's what I'm saying, N-word, cutting off the racial slur mid-word, then texted a picture to Mizires. The picture was not downloaded on Hunter's laptop, from which the text exchange was recovered by Daily Mail. But Mizires replied, why are you so tan? Hunter replied, I'm sorry for sexting you accidentally. That was meant for another friend named Georgia. In the January text exchange, the two men were talking about philosophy and bantering with each other. Mizires wrote, there are ideals of unconditional love that serve as proxies. I don't have many. You. God. Hunter wrote, OMG, N-word, did you just a fictional character from the imagination of the collective frightened and my dead brother's unconditional love is what I should rely on and my kids aren't children, George? I don't even know what they're talking about. Messieurs wrote, my parents' love was conditioned. Hunter wrote, my penis as of late has been unconditional. Messieurs wrote, that is why we are searching. Hunter wrote, for my penis. <laughs> and we will always be searching. Hunter wrote, it's big penis, George. They always find it and I only love you because you're black. Um... Yeah, let, I mean, honestly, if you're George Messieris, you're like, okay, I'm just going to keep texting and, and charging at 845 an hour is basically the logic of how this is going to work. But here's the amazing thing. We all know that if these were Donald Jr.'s texts, the world would be aflame, right? The media would be all, they'd be drooling all over themselves. John, Don Jr. wouldn't use this kind of language unless he had heard it in the home. Donald Jr. must have learned it somewhere. He probably learned it from his racist orange father. But Joe Biden, because he is the great, he, he's the great sage white man who is going to bring justice racially to black people across America. Hunter is just a wayward child. He's an innocent wayward child who's experienced so much tragedy in his life. And this can't, no, I mean, this has nothing to do with Joe. Now, again, Hunter's an adult. At this point, it doesn't have to do with Joe. But again, let's be clear. If this were a Republican child of a Republican president, do you think they'd be connecting it to the Republican president? What do you think? The way, by the way, that the Daily Mail got access to all of this is because Hunter Biden is an irresponsible, was an irresponsible drug addict. I don't know about his current drug status, but he left his laptop at a repair shop with all of this crap on it. 
because he's the smartest person that Joe Biden knows, which says a lot for Joe Biden's cabinet. In just one second, we are going to get to the way that race is treated in the media, because again, the, the, the way that the left treats race is basically if you are on the right, then you are racist simply by dint of your politics. If you are on the left, you are not racist by dint of your politics. It's as simple as that. We'll get to more in just one second. First, let's talk about the fact that if you want to upgrade the look and feel of your home, one thing that you probably haven't thought about is the window coverings at your home. Right? You probably haven't thought about the fact that your blinds look like garbage. You probably haven't thought about the fact that you've got like these old crepe curtains that look like they were from Julie Andrews's mansion in Sound of Music. Right? They need an update. What you need is blinds.com. Blinds.com makes it simple to shop top quality blinds, shades, and interior shutters from home with easy online ordering and free shipping. The experts at blinds.com understand that window treatments are one of those household items you don't just think about, but they can make a huge impact on the look and feel of your home. You don't need to do a full renovation on your house. It can cost you tens of thousands of bucks. Instead, just change what's on the windows and you can change the way light comes into your home and that makes for a totally different feel. Go to blinds.com. Just take a look at all the options. They've got faux wood blinds, cellular and roller shades, even outdoor shades. And if you're nervous about trying them, there really is no reason to be. Blinds.com has helped millions of homeowners through the process. Plus, they guarantee the perfect fit whether you do it yourself or have them measure and install everything for you. So head on over right now, see how much you can save at blinds.com. When you check out online, don't forget to tell them you heard about blinds.com from the Ben Shapiro Show. Rules and restrictions may apply. Go check them out right now, blinds.com. Okay, so the way that race is treated when it comes to the left is that, again, if you're useful to them, then we cannot declare you racist under nearly any circumstances. This is why Ralph Northam is still the governor of Virginia, even though he was caught wearing either blackface or a KKK hood, right? Either, either one or the other, right? There was no third option. He's still the governor of Virginia. After every Democrat called for him to step down because he was useless at the time, then later he became useful. And now you have Joe Biden traveling around and campaigning with Ralph Northam. And this is the way all of this works with regard to race. Okay, and, and if you are useless or if you are counter to the culture, then you will be destroyed. So Hunter Biden will be fine. He'll be fine. His dad is useful right now, so Hunter Biden will be fine. Now, you know who's not going to be, be fine is Chris Harrison. And Chris Harrison is the host of The Bachelor, or was the host of The Bachelor. He is now officially out as host of The Bachelor franchise. This is only an important story insofar as it is indicative of a mindset that is set in in the United States. And that is, if you are deemed unworthy for not being a racist, even if you were sort of edging around a topic having to do with race and were unfairly deemed racist, you will be destroyed. So Chris Harrison has now been forced to permanently step down as the longtime host of The Bachelor franchise, according to the show. Warner Horizon and ABC Entertainment announced Harrison's departure in a statement. Following a deadline report, he was leaving after taking an eight-figure payout and agreeing to keep silent on the franchise's dirty laundry. This is according to BuzzFeed News. The statement said, we are thankful for his many contributions over the past 20 years. Wish him all the best on his new journey. His departure marks the end of nearly two decades as host and comes just a day after the premiere of the new Bachelorette season, which is co-hosted by two former women leads. Chris Harrison then tweeted, he put out an Instagram in which he said, I've had a truly incredible run as host of the Bachelor franchise. Now I'm excited to start a new chapter. I'm so grateful to Bachelor Nation for all the memories we have made together. Now remember, the reason that he was ousted is not because he is a racist. The reason that Chris Harrison just lost his job is because he made the unfortunate slip of suggesting that a young white woman who had attended an antebellum-themed frat party or sorority party when she was 19 ought to be given a little grace and not treated as though she was a member of the KKK or had dressed in a white hood and was not governor of Virginia. Right? He said, give her a little grace. This, by the way, was the same exact comment that had been made by the boyfriend of the woman who would end up being picked on The Bachelor, who was a black man, like the first black bachelor, picked this white woman 
He said she should be given a little grace when those photos emerged. Chris Harrison repeated it. But then the first black bachelor decided to reverse himself after Rachel Lindsay came down really hard on Chris Harrison. And then he said Rachel Kirkconnell, who is the young white woman, she's really bad. And then Chris Harrison was forced to backtrack and he apologized to the mob, which you should never, ever do. And he was removed from The Bachelor. And then later, the first Black Bachelor and Rachel Corcano got back together. So the only person who ended up out of a job here, I mean, sure, he gets an eight-figure payout, which is nice. But the only person who ended up out of an actual job was Chris Harrison, again, for the great crime of repeating the exact words that the first Black Bachelor had said about his white girlfriend at the time. By the way, note to Rachel Corcano, after your boyfriend calls you a racist in public, you probably don't want to date him anymore. Like, that's just not a relationship that's going places. But it is, again, indicative of the way that racial politics work in the United States. Either you are assimilated to the Borg or you are determined so useless that you don't need to be assimilated to the Borg. And instead, you must be ousted from any position of public power. And unfortunately, this has bled down to pretty much all aspects of our culture. It has bled down to our colleges. It has bled down to entertainment, obviously. It has bled down to our, our places of work. Right? The, the, this idea that America is rife with white supremacy. It's secret, right? It's secret white. If, if you're like an open kind of racist, like Hunter Biden is, but you're still useful, then you're not part of the system of white power structure, even though Hunter Biden is a powerful white man who has traded. I mean, you want to talk about white privilege? Hunter Biden, being the son of Joe Biden, traveling around to Ukraine and picking up bags of cash, and then traveling to China and picking up bags of cash because his last name is... I mean, there is no greater example of white privilege in America than Hunter Biden. He's the essence of white privilege in any sane society. But the idea from the left, of course, is that you are truly only in you're, you're emblematic of white privilege if you are participatory in the system. And Hunter Biden's dad is trying to revise the system. So Hunter Biden isn't really white privilege. Hunter Biden is really just this wayward child. But everybody else who lives within the system must be made aware of their white supremacy. And they must be they must be taught about it and they must be lectured about it and they must be canceled over it. We'll get to that in just one second. First. Let us talk about your safety and security at home. It can be hard to keep an eye on your house all day, whether you're home or not. There are a thousand reasons why protecting my home matters to me. If somebody stops by, if somebody's dropping off a package, if I've got somebody who's working on the house, I want to know what's going on in my property is the bottom line, whether I'm at home or whether I'm not at home. At my house, I can keep an eye on every corner of our house with Ring's easy to install indoor and outdoor cams. To get Ring Alarm for yourself, go to ring.com forward slash Ben. It is the perfect way to start your Ring experience. The thing that I enjoy most, besides Ring being a powerful asset for my home, it's super affordable, and it was really, really easy to install. As soon as we moved from California to Florida, first thing my wife said, get the Ring devices on the house. We did. Makes us feel safe. Make sure that I can keep track of my own kids. It's never been more important to see who is at your house right now, and you can see it all in one simple app. Because with Ring, my family and I can keep an eye on our home no matter where we are right from the phone. So start protecting your home today with Ring Alarm. Go to ring.com slash Ben. Get your Ring Alarm security kit today. You can build the system that's right for your home. Have it up and running in minutes. That's ring.com slash Ben. Once more, ring.com slash Ben. So our culture with regard to canceling people around the issue of race has seeped into pretty much everything. It was amazing. Yesterday, there was a clip of Barack Obama talking about his daughters in college and talking about how even they understand the excesses of cancel culture. But people are missing the point of Obama talking about this. His whole point is that cancel culture generally is good. He says sometimes it's excessive, but mostly it's good. Here is Barack Obama talking up. He wasn't talking it down, talking up cancel culture yesterday. At least in conversations with my daughter, I think that um, a lot of the dangers of cancel culture and, you know, we're just going to be condemning people all the time. 
at least among my daughters, that they'll acknowledge that sometimes among uh, their peer group or in college campuses, you know, you'll see folks going overboard. Mm. But they have a pretty good sense of, of look, um, we don't want, we don't expect everybody to be perfect. We don't expect everybody to be politically correct all the time. But we are going to call out institutions or individuals if they um, are being cruel. Okay, but we are going to call out institutions or individuals if they are being cruel. And of course, that rubric expands dramatically because all you have to do to say that an institution is cruel is say that they are right wing, say that they are conservative, say that they are on the wrong side of the political aisle. Again, Hunter Biden is emblematic of the right side of the political aisle, so he is fine. He is not some local business owner who is caught using N-I-G-G-A in a text, right? He is not some sort of some local, he wasn't some local dry cleaner who was caught saying a bad thing or an impolitic thing on camera and now is going to have to be ousted from public life, right? He's the, the son of the president, so he's totally fine. The rubric expands and contracts at will for the Democrats. Again, it is all about power. One of the great rules when it comes to the left is that everything they attribute to the right, particularly their theory that all politics is driven by power, is actually an understanding of themselves that they just can't see. Whenever they say all politics is about power, all principle is about power, when people on the right talk about their principles, what they really mean is that they wish to re-enshrine their own power. The left believes that because this is what the left actually does. People on the left are constantly contracting and expanding terminology. They're constantly redefining things in order to expand their own power. That is all that matters. And you can see this happening again throughout American society. This is why, for example, last night, there's a CNN anchor named Victor Blackwell, and he had on a Texas Republican state representative named Steve Toth. Okay, and Toth was talking about how Texas has now banned critical race theory in the classroom. Okay, critical race theory is not just teaching bad things about the United States. You're allowed to teach that there is awful stuff that's happened in American history in Texas. You're certainly allowed to teach that. What critical race theory does is it says something different. It says that every institution in the United States is irrevocably and irredeemably and inextricably intertwined with racism. That racism lies at the root of all institutions in the United States and that if you are white, you benefit from the, privilege, the privileges that are already embedded in the system. That white supremacy is written into the system and that every white person in America is an unconscious beneficiary of that white privilege. This is the case that is made by critical race theory. It does, it, it, is, it is all about racial essentialism. Your whiteness is connected with your power and your power is connected with systems of whiteness that are embedded in all of the systems. That's critical race theory in a nutshell. And that's not me defining it, that's the people who actually founded it defining it. It's people like Richard Delgado or Jean Stefanczyk, people like Derek Belt. This is how they talk about all of this stuff. So it has a very specific meaning. Okay, so CNN's Victor Blackwell, however, wants to label anybody who opposes this a racist. So he has on this state representative named Steve Toth, and he asks why this is a priority in the first place. This is my favorite game that the left plays, my favorite game. Okay, they do something that is utterly beyond the pale. They do something that is utterly wild. And then if you notice they're doing a wild thing, then they say, why are you even paying attention to this in the first place? They're like, well, okay, so let's use Nickelodeon to propagandize on behalf of trans values. And you're like, well, that's kind of crazy. I mean, those are small children you are propagandizing. They're like, why are you even paying attention? Why do you even care? They'll, they'll have some sort of, of LGBT pride segment on Blue's Clues. This actually happened. Okay, and if you notice it, they're like, why are you even paying attention to that? How dare you pay attention to that? I mean, after all, why does that matter? It's such a small thing. Shouldn't kids know about that sort of stuff? And why are you making such a big deal? Is it because you're afraid of your own sexuality? Right? This is the way the left plays this game. It's all high school bullying nonsense. Okay, so 
This is the game that was being played yesterday by the most trusted name in news, CNN's Victor Blackwell, who confronted, again, a Texas Republican. Why are you even paying attention to the fact we're trying to indoctrinate white kids in school that they are inevitably beneficiaries of a white racist system? Shouldn't they be compelled to at least teach what is happening in the world or give some information about what's happening in the world around them? But that's the problem is you you guys, the left, you are the left. CNN is the left. You guys have completely Sir, that lost. that is a lazy control. argument. Everything. Just answer it the question. It is not a lazy argument. It's clear. It's clear. Just you, answer the question. Whether, whether, Why shouldn't teachers be compelled whether, to teach what, what is happening Oregon. in the world at the time? Okay, notice how he's framing this. Okay, notice how Blackwell, Victor Blackwell is, is framing this. Okay, the way that he's framing this is, and you sort of have to have the context, he introduced this by saying, why shouldn't teachers have to teach that the January 6th riots were all about the evils of white supremacy, which is embedded in the systems? And so this Texas state representative is like, because I reject your framing. Your framing is in and of itself inaccurate. Your, your framing is all about what you wish that January 6th was about. But that's not what January 6th was actually about. And you only want to teach one thing. And we don't think the teacher should be compelled to teach that one thing. And then Victor Blackwell's like, well, why shouldn't teachers be compelled to teach the truth? Well, weird how you're defining your opinion as the truth now, Victor Blackwell. Weird how your critical race theory take is now defined as the only way to teach. Again, notice that he's not saying, why shouldn't teachers be allowed to teach this? He's not even making that argument, which is still not a great argument because, of course, there, are, there have to be some standards as to what teachers can and cannot teach. He's saying, why shouldn't teachers be compelled to teach it? Because there is one rule, as my friend Eric Erickson has said, when it comes to the left, and how they march through the institutions. Anything that is allowed is compelled eventually. That's the way this works, right? Anything that is allowed is compelled. If, if something is originally allowed, eventually it will be compulsory. We just want to be able to teach critical race theory. Oh yeah, by the way, we've also embedded it in all of the structures of American life such that you are now compelled to do so or you're going to be excised from American society. It's being taken in by our corporate overlords. One of the things that I write about in my new book, The Authoritarian Moment, which comes out in the end of, of July, is the takeover of all of these institutions by radical left-wing theory. Okay, Lockheed Martin has now admitted, right, again, and, and the reason Lockheed Martin does this, of course, is because it wishes to comply with woke mandates from the federal government. Right? If they demonstrate that they've engaged in sort of woke diversity training nonsense, then they can get along with the federal government, which pushes the exact same thing. They sent out a letter, did Lockheed Martin, to Senator Tom Cotton, in which they fully acknowledge now that the company has sent 1,024 employees through mandatory white male re-education programs, according to Chris Rufo, who does an excellent job on all of this stuff. Apparently, on June 8th, uh, June 8th or 11th of 2020, 13 Lockheed Martin employees attended a three-day training course entitled White Man's Caucus, administered by an outside vendor, white men as full diversity partners. And since 2007, over 1,000 Lockheed Martin employees have attended this type of training. Pretty incredible stuff. So all of this is being crammed down in your entertainment. It's being crammed down on your kids in schools. It's being crammed down by your corporations. And all of it is supposed to be about a dramatic rethinking of what America is and what America should be. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let's talk about your sleep quality. So as you can tell, I'm broadcasting from not my house right now. I'm broadcasting from and nowhere. I'm not broadcasting from my studio. That means I'm not sleeping in my own bed. When I don't sleep in my own bed, I just do not sleep as well. Why? Well, because when I'm in my own bed, I am on a magnificent Helix Sleep mattress that was made just for me. Helix Sleep has a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. 
Why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everybody's unique. Helix knows that. So they have several different mattress models to choose from. They've got soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size folks. So if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz. You order the mattress you're matched to. The mattress comes right to your door ship for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. Helix is indeed awesome, but you don't need to take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Ben, take that two-minute sleep quiz, and get started today. Ten-year warranty. You can try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll pick it up for if you don't love it, but you're going to love it. Really, you have nothing to lose. Helix is offering up to 200 bucks off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Helixsleep.com slash Ben. Get up to 200 bucks off your order already. So, all of this is about a complete rethink of what America is and ought to be. So Mara Gay is a writer for the New York Times. And the other day, she was talking about the absolute horror of driving around and seeing people who fly Trump flags. And in the context of suggesting that it was terrible, that she was driving around Long Island and she saw people with Trump flags, she also said it was just terrible. They had Trump flags and also American flags, and it was super duper terrible. Because again, the idea here from people like Mara Gay is that the American flag is a bad thing. Right? All of these other various flags, Black Lives Matter flags and Queer Pride Matter flags and all, all, all of these various other flags, these are all very good things because they symbolize resistance to authority. But the American flag is a very bad thing. The American flag is emblematic of racism and sexism and, and heteronormativity and homophobia and bigotry and Islamophobia and all of the other phobias that, that you could possibly imagine up to and including arachnophobia. So here's Mara Gay going after the American flag. It's amazing. The New York Times has tried to walk this back. It's a little bit too late. I was on Long Island this weekend uh, visiting a really dear friend, and I was really disturbed. I saw, you know, dozens and dozens of pickup trucks with, uh, you know, uh, explicatives against Joe Biden uh, on the back of them, uh, Trump flags, and some cases just dozens of American flags, which, you know, uh, is also just disturbing because essentially the message was clear. It was, this is my country. This is not your yep. country. I own this. Okay, so um, just a quick note. People fly American flags from all places on the political spectrum, although increasingly not on the left because they are upset with the American flag. Osamara Gay, then the New York Times communications office put out a statement about Mara Gay's amazing statement there, right? That she was deeply afraid because she saw dozens of American flags. Ooh, ooh. Nobody tell her about Memorial Day, guys. It's super scary. But she says that she's the American flag in conjunction with people who like Trump. That's crazy. Oh, my God, it's just there. So the New York Times put out a statement saying this clip was taken out of context. Well, I just played you the whole clip. So, no, it's not taken out of context. But then Mara Gay promptly blows up the New York Times communications team's ability to, to roll that back. Here's what she just tweeted out yesterday. Quote, I see I'm being trolled with the American flag this morning. Trolling a black journalist with the American flag is not the own some people think it is. So in other words, the American flag is really bad, right? She went right back to the well. The American flag is bad because if you're trolling black people with the American flag, you're assuming that black people can be trolled with the American flag, which they can't be because the American flag is all about white supremacy. Okay, all, how does all of this tie in to the, to the Hunter Biden of it all? Again, it is all about racism for the left has become a tool of policy, not just because they actually embedded in policy, but also because anything that I like is resistance to white supremacy, and anything I don't like is white supremacy. All of the unifying features of American life have been torn away. Individual rights are considered now, they, 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 are, they are racist in their essence. The American flag is racist in its essence. 
Mother's Day is is sexist and it's all the unifying features of American life have been torn away. All that remains is raw power politics. That is all that matters. Speaking of which, Joe Biden has now pulled the plug on any sort of bipartisan infrastructure talks with leading Republicans. According to The New York Times, President Biden on Tuesday ended a weeks long effort to reach a deal with Senate Republicans on an expansive infrastructure plan cutting off negotiations that had failed to persuade them to embrace his bid to pour a trillion dollars into the nation's aging public works system and safety net programs. I love how the New York Times just slides in and safety net programs at the end right there. Because normally when you're talking about infrastructure programs, you'd want to be talking about, you know, infrastructure. But as we all know, for Democrats, everything is infrastructure. Literally everything. Daycare is infrastructure. Healthcare is infrastructure. Toilet paper is infrastructure. Pete Buttigieg's bike that he rides around after taking it out of the back of an SUV so he can pretend to be an environmentalist. That's infrastructure, too. Every single thing is infrastructure, so long as Democrats are pushing it. According to The New York Times, it was a major setback to Mr. Biden's efforts to attract Republican support for his top domestic priority, but should always face long odds over the size, scope, and financing of the package. Most Republicans have made it clear they are willing to spend only a fraction of what Democrats want on a much narrower initiative and balked at any tax increases to pay for it. On a final telephone call on Tuesday with Senator Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia, the leading Republican negotiator, after days of back and forth discussions, Biden made clear the divide was too large to bridge. Now, for those who say that Republicans will not pass anything with Democrats, that is just not true. So yesterday, there was a bill that, frankly, I don't like very much. I think Senator Mike Lee has done a good job of explicating the reasons why. The Senate passed a bill to bolster competitiveness with China, according to the New York Times, with a bunch of Republican votes. It's going to pour about $250 billion over the next five years into scientific research and development, supposedly, although a lot of it is going to go to sort of crony programs for various corporations that work hand in glove with the government. But the vote was 68 to 32. So all the talk about how Joe Biden can't do anything bipartisan with Republicans is just not true. It's a lie. But in order to, to foment the notion that Biden is actually proposing something moderate, they have to just ignore the fact that the Senate passed 68 to 32, a bill written by Democrats and Republicans with Joe Biden's signature going to go on it. Shelley Moore Capito said it was Biden who was unwilling to compromise. She said, well, I appreciate President Biden's willingness to devote so much time and effort to these negotiations. He ultimately chose not to accept the very robust and targeted infrastructure package and instead end our discussion. Again, Republicans had offered something crazy. It was like they'd offered almost, I believe it was half a, half a trillion dollars on this thing. And apparently that wasn't enough because they wanted to speed through a $2 trillion quote-unquote, infrastructure package. This led Mitch McConnell to declare the era of bipartisanship is over. Now, listen, I think the era of bipartisanship has been in real trouble for nigh on 20 years, basically since the left decided that George W. Bush was Hitler and they were not going to work with him anymore. That was basically 2003 after the No Child Left Behind Act. From then on, it's hard to think of a major piece of legislation that has received significant bipartisan support. So it's been nearly 20 years since we've had any really significant piece of legislation with serious bipartisan support that isn't sort of an emergency relief bill or something. Okay, but here's Mitch McConnell saying, now the Democrats aren't even trying, right? I mean, forget about a Clintonian third way. There will be no deals made here. As you look to uh, what the majority leader has in mind for June, it's pretty clear the era of bipartisanship is over. Uh, we passed six bills so far this year, significant bills on a bipartisan basis. Um, bills that came out of committee that had buy-in from both sides. But I think that's coming to a screeching halt. Okay, and... He's right about that, of course. The, the, the fact is that Democrats have basically decided that the way that they are going to win electoral, electoral power is they are going to just castigate their political opponents as racists and then hope for the best. 
That's the new deal because they're not getting what they want. Joe Manchin is not going to bust the filibuster. Kristen Sinema is not going to do it. They're not going to ram through these giant, huge packages unless they're done through reconciliation and their Republicans have very little say anyway. So Democrats really are left with just the option of calling their opponents racist because as the policies fail, this is all they're going to have. Okay, in just one second, we're going to get to the Democrats' Kamala Harris problem because they have a very, very serious Kamala Harris problem on their hands. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let us talk about something fantastic you can do for your parents. Okay, so out in their garage right now, you have a bunch of old film reels and VHS tapes. You don't have a projector. You don't have any sort of VCR because you haven't had one for 15 years. So all that stuff's just falling apart out there. All your old memories are literally falling apart. Why not take that stuff, digitize it, preserve it forever? And this is what Legacy Box does. I've done this for my parents. It is fantastic. Watching them be able to open up via digital media some old video of me as a kid or my sisters as kids or even old film reels, their parents. I mean, it really is an incredible experience and it's preserved for future generations. Legacy Box makes this happen for you. It's a way for you to easily and affordably digitally preserve your past. The process from start to finish is super simple. You pack, you send, their team digitizes everything by hand, and then you enjoy. And you get back perfectly preserved digital copies on thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud, ready to watch, share, and enjoy. They're going to keep you up to date with regular email updates throughout the process. Legacy Box is the world's largest digitizer of home videos and movies and photos. They've helped over 850,000 families preserve their past. My family is one of those families. Get started preserving your family's legacy today. Go to LegacyBox.com Shapiro. Get an incredible 50% off your very first order. Buy today. Take advantage of the exclusive offer, and then you can send in the materials whenever you are ready. Go to LegacyBox.com Shapiro. Save 50% while supplies last. Alrighty, in just one second, we'll get to the Democrats' very, very serious Kamala Harris problem first. When it comes to political commentary, there's no doubt the Daily Wire has the best political commentary on the market today. Whether it's any of my unbelievable podcast episodes, and let's face it, they're spectacular, or any of our other daily podcasts, or our new investigative journalism team, or big tech and sports coverage from our writers, there's always something worth a read or a listen. But we move fast in a fast-paced world. If you don't keep up, you might fall behind, which is why you need to download the Daily Wire app so you don't miss anything. Even if you're not a Daily Wire subscriber, you'll be the first to know what's trending with mobile notifications for the latest news, all your favorite content, only a touch away. So download the Daily Wire app. Stay up to speed with the freshest conservative voices around, no matter where you are. Get that app right now. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Now, meanwhile, the Democratic Party is finding itself with a bit of a Kamala Harris problem. Now, this problem was pretty obvious when she completely ditched out in the middle of the primaries. After having held the lead, you'll remember, after the first primary debate in which she called Joe Biden, now the man that she declares to be the greatest living human, a racist. You'll recall that if it had not been, apparently, for people like Joe Biden, thank God Joe Biden was not able to stop a little girl like her from getting ahead, is, is what she actually said in that first debate. Now, of course, and then she suggested that he should step out when there were allegations of sexual misconduct by Joe Biden. And now, of course, everything is hunky dory. Well, Kamala Harris was such a bad candidate that she fell apart. I mean, she really just blew up on launch when she was when, when she was a candidate for the presidency back during the primaries. Now, Joe Biden, because she is black and a woman. And again, he said this. OK, this is not anybody implying some sort of motive here. He said openly he was going to pick a black woman and then he picked a black woman. So. Those were qualifications that he himself selected. And he selected it because he wanted the identity politics crowd to know that he was serious about all of his priorities. There's only one problem. Joe Biden is addled and, near, and nearly 80. And there's very little expectation that he's going to run for re-election. And the Democratic Party is not going to have the ability to oust Kamala Harris in favor of anybody else because she's just going to attack anyone else as trying to oppose her on the basis of her race and her sex. 
So the Democratic Party has a serious Kamala Harris problem. And the biggest problem is she's terrible at this. She is just horrifying at politics. It, de it demonstrates truly how uh, there's this great idea out there that in order to reach the top of American politics, you have to be good at things. Let the last several decades disabuse you of that notion. No, you don't. You can be a complete dunderheaded moron and make it to the top of American politics. You can be utterly incompetent on camera and be at the head of American politics. In fact, you can be not only nearly senile, but barely able to speak English, and you can become president of the United States. It's a great country. I mean, look, look at this country. This is a when they say that anybody can become president in the United States, they mean literally anybody can, can become president in the United States. But I'll tell you one person who's not going to be elected president in the United States, that is Kamala Harris, because this lady is just terrible at it. So she was down in Guatemala yesterday. She's not visited the U.S. border yet to explain why exactly the Biden border administration policy is so bad. But she did go down to Guatemala, where she has pledged to go back to the Obama plan, which is what if we just threw a bunch of money at the problem? You'll notice that there is a common theme to all Democratic plans, and that is what if we just throw a bunch of money at the problem? So they're like, what if we just throw a bunch of money at the problem? And the president of Guatemala, he's like, um, well, you know, that's not going to help because your, your border policy sucks. Here is the president of Guatemala basically lecturing the Biden administration yesterday. The talk that they were going to allow family reunification made the coyotes take a lot of children towards the border of the United States. Yeah, so basically their crappy policy caused more people to, to try and cross the border illegally. Then, just a couple of days ago, Kamala Harris was asked about not visiting the border by Lester Holt, and things got soups awkward because Kamala Harris, again, there's nothing funnier in life to Kamala Harris than a question she can't answer. It's the funniest thing that has ever happened to her. I mean, it, it's, it's, like watching, it's like watching an old Jim Carrey flick for Kamala Harris. She, just, she can't help herself. When a question is asked of her that makes her slightly awkward, she just starts laughing and, and guffawing and cackling like an, in, like an insane person. It's wild. So here is Kamala Harris losing it when Lester Holt asks her, you know, why haven't you been down to the border again? Do you have any plans to visit the border? I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole this whole this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I, I, mean, I don't I don't understand the point that you're making. I'm not discounting the importance of the border. Um, you totally understand the point that he's making, which is why you were lying one second about go about having visited the border. I do love that exchange. It's pretty spectacular. We have visited the border. You haven't visited the border. I haven't visited the border. <laughs> I like that Lester Holt is actually utilizing the old Jedi mind trick on her. It's pretty spectacular. Those who are weak of mind. I mean, like, really, really wild stuff. So she got shellacked over this, of course, because she should be shellacked over this. The reason that she hasn't visited the border is because she doesn't want an awkward photo op of having to walk among cells that are filled with small children because of her administration's terrible border policy. Okay, but the, the, the real takeaway here is that Kamala Harris is horrifyingly bad at this. She's just an untalented politician. She is. She's a, it, like, I understand. She got elected senator in California. Okay, for a Democrat to be elected senator in California, actually, it turns out is not all that tough because California is a one-party state. Again, she's really not very good at this. And then she doubled down on being not very good at this. So she was asked again about visiting the border. And once again, it, you have to think that there is some sort of almost neurological trigger when she is asked a question like this. She was asked about visiting the border. It's awkward. And she starts to laugh again, again. Listen, I, I've been to the border before. I will go again. But when I'm in Guatemala, <laughs> dealing with root causes, 
I think we should have a conversation about what's going on in Guatemala. Hilarious. Hilarious. Again, she just can't stop herself. She cannot. Okay, well, this has led to some awkwardness for the administration. Jen Psaki, it, it, it is pretty amazing that the, the administration hasn't just been like, okay, fine, send her to the border. Jen Psaki over at the White House was asked about this. And she's like, maybe she'll go to the border at some point. Yes, I also have aspirations to travel to Ireland. I mean, like, we, we all have aspirations. to. I want to go on an Alaskan cruise. But I love the fact that they're treating what should be sort of a baseline mandatory political move as, like, you know, maybe at some point she'll go to the border. I mean, there's lots of places to go. I mean, she could go to Albuquerque for some reason. Or, you know, maybe she needs to be up in Nebraska. There, there's just a lot going on for Kamala Harris. Her portfolio, of course, includes things like the border and also voting rights, neither of which she has done anything about. She's just so good at this guy. She's such a talented politician. We need the media to form a fan club for her. Actually, so here, here's Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki trying to, uh, trying to make excuses for Kamala Harris here. At some point, she may go to the border. We'll see. But she's in the Northern Triangle now to have discussions with leaders, with uh, community leaders, with civil society leaders, uh, with the embassy about how we can work together. And obviously, she's uh, made a couple of announcements already, probably more to come before she comes back to the United States. Uh, oh, Jen Psaki has got to be so irritated with having to defend Kamala Harris, who truly is not very good at this. By the way, again, it is it is an amazing thing. That, don't worry. People will still try to make fetch a thing. Right? They're going to try to make Kamala Harris. They, they've been trying. right? They have like these online fan clubs that have no members. And then they have members of the media who ask her questions like, Kamala Harris, I voted for you. This actually happened at the press conference yesterday. A lady who represented herself as a representative of Univision suggested that she was really excited to have become a citizen and voted for Kamala Harris, which is definitely the way that you lead off an objective journalistic question. Here we go. Our next question will come from Maria Fernanda at Univision. Thank you, Madam Vice President. For me, it's an honor because I actually got to vote for the first time as a nationalized citizen, and I voted for you. Oh, my God. And then, oh, thank you. Okay, first of all, you know what? Points for transparency. I wish that everybody in the White House press corps had to do that. Wouldn't that be great? Is if they had to lead off every question with who they voted for? I actually kind of think we should make that mandatory. Maybe it should be that Jim Acosta has to announce who he voted for before he asks any questions. I mean, it would be more accurate than what they're typically doing. So what is Harris doing to try and fight back on all of this? She's going to fall back on the lady card. Now, one of the things that I love most, we'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that when people say free, they should mean, you know, actually free. When you switch to Pure Talk today, you will get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last, rugged screen, quick-charging battery, top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family will save almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Switch to my cell phone company. I've been using Pure Talk for years at this point. I tell you that coverage is excellent. I trust them. You can too. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and switch to my cell phone company today. puretalk.com slash Shapiro. About Democrats falling back on essential characteristics like sex is that they don't even believe the characteristics exist. So apparently Kamala Harris is inviting all of the female senators to her house to have a chat. Now I have a question. How do we know they're female? I mean, serious question if you're, if you're on the left, because we have been informed that, that women, biological women are mere birthing persons because some men have vaginas too. 
So even a biological check won't answer the question truly. But Kamala Harris is going to have I am woman, hear me roar night over at the VP's establishment in Annapolis. Apparently, she has invited all of the female senators to her residence for dinner next week, bringing back what were regular bipartisan dinner parties that dwindled after tough election cycles in 2016 and 2020. All 24 female senators, 16 Democrats, 8 Republicans, were invited to the dinner at June 15th at the observatory, according to three Senate sources, a get-together coming at the height of negotiations over infrastructure. A Harris aide confirmed the dinner is a go. Why, of course, are they doing, like, women only? They're doing women only because they have to underscore the fact that Kamala Harris is super important because she is a woman and also because she is a black woman and also very much a woman who is black. Those are the reasons why Kamala Harris is an important person and was selected for her job. She was not selected because she's a good politician, gang. She wasn't. Amy Klobuchar did better than she did in the primaries. Nobody talked about Amy Klobuchar. There's only one reason why. Okay, in any case, Says Politico, the quarterly dinners were started by former Senators Barbara Mikulski of Maryland and Kay Bailey Hutchinson of Texas. They were hosted at the home of a different senator every six weeks, with each lawmaker bringing a different dish. But since Mikulski retired in 2017, the dinners became less regular. Two Republican sources said the bond between the women started to fracture with the aggressive campaigning against former Senator Kelly Ayotte, Republican of New Hampshire in 2016, and then worsened when they went after Susan Collins. Another complicating factor was that four Democratic senators were running against each other for president in 2020. Harris, Gillibrand, Klobuchar, and Elizabeth Warren. The, sister, the sisterhood has certainly faded. Okay, well, this is all very exciting stuff for Kamala Harris. I'm glad that we can have these sorts of, uh, these sorts of dinners. Maybe that will save her, her fading vice presidency. Okay, meanwhile, some bad news for Senate Democrats. So Senate Democrats have been suggesting all along that we need a bipartisan commission to investigate what happened on January 6th. Well, it turns out there is a bipartisan Senate commission that looked at what happened on January 6th. It's coming out of a, a joint report that was issued by a Senate committee. Okay, and you know what it showed? It showed security failures. The word Trump does not really appear in the document because it really was not about Trump. It turns out that lots of people have lots of crazy ideas. And what stops them is the thin blue line. What stops them are the cops in the right places at the right times. And the real problem on January 6th was not Trump's rhetoric per se, that could be problematic in its own right. But the real problem is that there weren't enough members of security to stop people from breaching the Capitol. This was clearly the problem. If you had to nail down what was the biggest problem on January 6th, that was the biggest problem on January 6th. None of that is to suggest that Trump's rhetoric between the election and January 6th was good or productive. I said many times, I think that it really was not. I disagreed with virtually all of it. But the real problem was security. Okay, And that is what you should focus on if you're talking about protecting the Capitol building in the future. Democrats are very upset about this, however. So according to the New York Times, top federal intelligence agencies failed to adequately warn law enforcement officials before the January 6th riot that pro-Trump extremists were threatening violence, including plans to storm the Capitol, infiltrate its tunnel system, and bring guns, according to a new report by two Senate committees that outlines large-scale failures that contributed to the deadly assault. An FBI memo on January 5th warning of people traveling to Washington for war at the Capitol never made its way to top law enforcement officials. So it never even got to the top levels. The Capitol Police failed to widely circulate information. Its own intelligence unit has collected as early as mid-December about the threat of violence on January 6th. The first congressional report on the Capitol riot is the most comprehensive and detailed account to date of the dozens of intelligence failures, miscommunications, and security lapses that led to what the bipartisan team of senators that assembled it concluded was an unprecedented attack on American democracy. The 127-page joint report a product of more than three months of hearings and interviews and reviews of thousands of pages presents a damning portrait of the preparations and response at multiple levels. 
Law enforcement officials did not take seriously threats of violence, and a dysfunctional police force at the Capitol lacked the capacity to respond effectively when those threats materialized. So nobody had a plan. Okay, so again, the real problem on January 6th, in terms of what actually happened, was failures of intelligence, failures of law enforcement, and people should be fired. But now Democrats are mad because what they really want January 6th to be about is not those failures, but about President Trump. So that's why Chuck Schumer is fighting mad about a report his own Senate Democrats presided over. Here's Chuck Schumer whining about it. Just as glaring is what the report didn't consider. Indeed, what was not allowed, it was not allowed to consider. The report did not investigate, report on, or hardly make any reference to the actual cause, the actual impetus for the attack on January the 6th. With the exception of a brief reference to former President Trump's remarks at the Ellipse, Senate Republicans insisted that the report exclude anything having to do with the cause of the insurrection. Okay, but the reality is that the cause of the quote-unquote insurrection, the cause of that is very much up for debate because Trump did say peacefully protest at the Capitol building. This really does expose what the Democrats want from January 6th. They don't want to talk about what actually allowed January 6th to happen, namely the security failures. What they want to talk about is the ideology and the politics. That's what this whole thing has been about. All righty, coming up a little bit later today, we'll be back with an additional hour of the Ben Shapiro Show. In the meantime, go check out the Michael Knowles Show. That is available right now. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is the Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our assistant director is Pavel Wydowski. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant is Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. The New York Times editorial board member and imaginative mathematician Mara Gay feels, quote, disturbed by the American flag. A new study suggests Trump was right about hydroxychloroquine. I don't think you're allowed to say that. And Kamala Harris gets caught in another lie. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, let's say you were a stormtrooper and you were enjoying a nice meal of roasted Ewok in the Death Star mess hall. Well, all of a sudden you hear the voice of Alec Guinness saying, use the force, Luke. The next thing you know, the entire place is going up in flames around you. And it's at this moment you really wished you had life insurance. Make life insurance part of your financial planning this year. Start shopping right now with Policy Genius. Find the right policy and protect your family. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top companies and find your lowest price. Luckily, Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies and their team of licensed experts. Well, they're on hand to help talk you through it. No added fees. Your personal information remains private. It's super satisfying to check life insurance off that to-do list. A good life insurance plan can give you peace of mind that if something happens to you, God forbid, your family will be able to cover mortgage payments, college costs, or other expenses. Life insurance through your workplace might not offer enough protection for your family's needs. It's not going to follow you if you leave your job. Head on over to policygenius.com right now. Save time and money. Give your family a financial safety net with Policy Genius. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro or click that link in the description. Get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Hold up. 